0: Good morning. On this Tuesday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We read yesterday and the day before, and uh, we've actually done a couple of uh, teachings on this. in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11 and 12, and we want to continue there for a little bit. It says in the book of Hebrews there, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood. Perfection meaning maturity completeness. In Christ we are complete. Now there is uh, instantly where we are cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus because we repent instantly. The forgiveness or the remission of our sins. There is the new birth that takes place. All of these things. We gain access to the presence of the Father by one spirit. We have Access to the Father by the blood of Jesus, all of these things are made possible, but there's also a continuing process as we continue to walk in him and the blood of Jesus cleanses us, if we confess our sins from all sin and unrighteousness, where we are cleansed by the word daily, uh, according to first John in chapter one verse seven, uh, that the blood of Jesus, if we walk. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship with one another, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In other words, these things are a process, but there is an instantaneous thing that he does that the moment that we're born again, that we're saved, we're made holy before his presence because of the blood of Jesus. Now, of course, in our daily walk, both in thought and word, or action and deed, both with intention and unintentional, we may sin against God and need forgiveness. But if the Levitical priesthood, if it had been perfect, if there had been perfection that were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, What further need was there of another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is a necessity made of a change also of the law. Now, Paul in the book of Hebrews explains so much and and there's so much detail that one can actually go into, but we're going to look now at chapter number 10 and continue this thought of if the priesthood changed, there's a necessity of a change in the law. And we're going to see why he outlines it and explains it so beautifully. And the reason for that, there has to be a necessity of a change in the law and the priesthood because there has to be a change in us. And the outward change cannot happen unless there is an inward change first it says for the law having a shadow of good things to come that's actually a wonderful way to say it because the law did have a shadow or did have having a shadow of good things to come of all that it could provide but yet in reality it was only a shadow a shadow and, uh, and not the very image of the thing which can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually come uh, make the comer uh, thereunto perfect. And, and we go back to that, 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 that one place. When Adam was created, he was created perfect. When God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and we see at the end of chain at the end of a uh, uh, Genesis uh, uh in chapter 1 and God looked at everything and he saw that everything including the creation of man was very very good it was very good it wasn't just good but it was very good so Adam was perfect but he had not been tested by sin yet and therefore he did fail Uh, when the tempter came, uh, when Eve also uh, gave him to eat of the fruit. Well, we're not going to go into the story there. But here we find, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, it pointed to something good, but it was only a shadow. Uh, You can't eat a shadow. You can't live off of a shadow. You can get an idea what something looks like, By looking at a shadow, a shadow is created by light and then the object itself itself, of which the light is lighting up. Therefore, the shadow is created from that. But Christ is really the light of the world that lights up the world. He is the true light. And when the light of God shines through Christ and to Christ, then the real image, the very real thing is seen. That's why he was able to say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Because we're not looking at a shadow. When Paul talked about in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 9, about running the race and those that win would win the little uh, olive leaves that little wreath that would be placed upon their head he said i don't box as one that boxes with shadows he didn't do shadow boxing he fought the real thing in the same way here they only the hebrew people that were given the the law the jews the israelites They saw the shadow and when the real light came shining, displaying Christ, they couldn't accept that. The word became flesh and he dwelt amongst us. He was full of of, of grace. He was full of truth. He was the light that shined and they could not see. Because of the blindness of the heart that was there because of the letter of the law. We can see from the book of Second Corinthians in chapter 4. That the apostle Paul, excuse me, in chapter 3 he goes and talks about this. Even to this day, to this very day in the year 2023. That veil is over their eyes and is over their their minds, so that they cannot see, they cannot grasp, they cannot understand the truth. Now, not only they, but in fact, every single individual and person that is under the influence of the enemy is actually under the very same effect that the Jewish people are when it comes to the law. Now, it says in in, in 2 Corinthians reading, in verse uh, uh, chapter 4, verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, and the word that is used for the word world there is not for the planet. But the God of this age, the age that we live in, aeon, the Greek word for it. "...has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them." Now, Jesus had said in John chapter 3, when it was written of him, he had said that uh, if uh, he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, but he that believeth not is condemned already. And here's part of a reason why they don't believe. Because their eyes or their spiritual eyes have been blinded. They've been blinded to the mind, to the light, to the person of Christ. And they cannot believe. And it is the same thing in the parables of the sower, sows, the seed. When the, in the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke in, uh, uh, Luke chapter 8, in Mark chapter 4, and uh, Matthew chapter 13. In each one of these, we are identified, or there is identified, who the evil one is. The evil one, the devil, or Satan, depending on which uh, gospel you're reading. And it says that he comes and he takes away the seed that they hear because they had no understanding. It's that blindness and lack of understanding that causes an individual to reject the gospel because they have not been able to see the true light. They have been blinded uh, by it. Well, the shadow that the Jewish people lived by was supposed to be temporary. In other words, it would last up until the true image of the thing would come. Well, the true image is Christ himself, the very image of God wrapped up in physical human flesh on this earth. And he spoke perfectly the word and the will of God through his physical life when he was here on earth, when he said, I don't say anything except what I hear the Father say. I don't do anything except what I see the Father do. Then it says in Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 2, it says, for if, Perfection had been by the law for then they would not have ceased to be offered, but because but it says because the because that the worshipper once purged should have had no more conscious of sin, in other words, they came, they offered their sacrifice of the blood of the bull or the goat or the lamb. Uh, Or the dove, whatever was required by the law. But yet they walked away with their conscience still guilty. They walked away with a sense of, okay, uh, I've been forgiven, but I can still remember all my sins or the sins from last year, the sins from the previous year. Even though they were forgiven, there was still always that consciousness of it. Their conscience was not cleansed. But in the New Testament, there is a difference. The blood of Jesus not only cleanses us from our sins, not only are our sins cast into the depths of the sea. God no longer remembers them. He no longer brings them back up. And that is a very critical point to remember and understand because if God doesn't bring them back up once they are forgiven and the slate is wiped clean, who are we as humans to bring past sins of a person's life back up again? Are we criticizing God? Are we condemning God? Are we judging God? Are we judging His Word? Because he was not able to fully erase those sins. Because now I can remember them and I can bring them back up (coughs) against someone. That is not the way that it works. They are completely cleansed. But under the old law, under the Old Testament, it says that the individual would come. He would bring his sacrifice. He would offer it before God. (coughs) but he would leave with his conscience still remembering sin this is what it says in verse 3 Hebrews 10:3 but in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year they would remember they would remember they would remember as hard as you may try to forget you would remember but when Christ comes into our lives, one of the most beautiful things is the slate that is cleaned in our conscience, so that we have a pure. In fact, if our conscience is not cleaned, we are gonna have an issue with God that is very major. Here is why: in Hebrews in chapter eleven, verse six, it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to believe; it's impossible to please God." And one, in other words, if we're going to please him, then we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, that he is who he is, who he said he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. If that is true of faith, and the Bible says that we must serve God through faith with a pure conscience. That is vital because without faith, it will be impossible to please God. And without uh, having a conscience that is purged, our faith will be ineffective because there's always that sense of guilt. Well, I did this, you know, God's not going to hear me. Uh, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. Simply because our conscience hasn't been purged. We'll talk about that later. But This is important for us to understand. Very important because people's walk of faith is affected by a conscience that has failed God and has not been cleansed through forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. It's important and necessary to have the conscience cleansed so that our faith can be restored and once again we can walk in the trueness of that faith, pleasing God. Otherwise, sin will be sin in us and it will affect our walk with God. That's why it says, if any man sin, let him confess his sin and the blood of Jesus. It'll cleanse it. But we have to walk in the light and the light is none other than Christ Jesus himself. His very word. Thy word is a light unto my feet. It's a lamp unto my path, or a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. Consider this food for thought, especially when we need to walk in his presence. We need to have a clear conscience. The Lord richly and fully bless you in Jesus' mighty name until we meet again on Wednesday. Amen.